Welcome to The Voice Podcast, a podcast showcasing the voices of the immigrant Canadian experience. It is a podcast for anyone looking to learn about the diversity of cultures that shape the country we call Canada. Everyone has a background, a story, and a perspective worth hearing. Our guest today is from Vietnam, a country with rich history such as the Vietnam War, culture, and for all my foodies out there, you can't forget about the pho. The official language spoken is Vietnamese, and French is the most spoken foreign language with English not too far behind. Today I sit down with Ella, an undergrad student born in Vietnam, raised in New Brunswick, and is currently studying philosophy at UBC. She's also a cat lover, which I totally support. Welcome to the podcast, Ella, and thanks again for chatting with me. Xin chào, my name is Ella. I'm a student at UBC. Very happy to be here. I feel so honored to, to have this conversation with, uh, with Winnie. <laughs> what a lovely introduction. So let's start at the beginning. Where did you emigrate from and what was that like? Sure. Uh, so my family and I moved to Canada in 2011. I was 11, turning 12. I was at the brink of teenagehood but also just still was just still a child. And I think coming to Canada at that age, I felt a lot of confusion, but also a lot of excitement because I didn't know any better. I think my parents were very dead set on coming here just for my sisters and and me. Their intentions were completely selfless from day one. And I I think that still translates to how they are in Canada to this day because they don't work here. And so I grew up in a very like thick bubble, if that makes sense. Like they were very protective of us and very cautious of the things that we would get involved in. So yeah, my sisters and I grew up pretty, uh, pretty loved, but also very protected from the outside world. Can you elaborate on that protection that you're talking about? Um, Maybe a specific example or something that they were very protective of you about? It was mostly my older sister who was more of a person who would get scolded for, you know, hanging out with the wrong people, just not going with what my parents had in mind because she was 19, 20 years old and they had a lot of expectation put on her and as a first child expecting that she would be a business student or someone who wasn't going to be confused about her early adult life. But obviously that's uh, that's where most of us end up at. And I think with her choosing to do art was another setback for them. And so for me, growing up, seeing that, I felt very uh, scared to pursue what I wanted to do. The last year of high school, I was just so miserable because I was planning to go to university for uh, biochem because I thought that I should just stick to what I kind of knew or that, you know, what I knew would produce a stable, well-respected career. And so I spent the first term in university being extremely depressed and just so out of my mind and out of my body because I was I was studying for something that I never cared for. And so in that sense, I was a more well-behaved child, but I was also very miserable. So before we go any further, let's unpack that. First off, I'm so sorry that you felt that way early on in your university years. It's such a terrible feeling. And unfortunately, having spoken to a number of friends, I know that it is quite a common feeling. 
But where I think your situation differs quite a bit is with your older sister. She seems like someone who didn't do exactly what her parents told her to, and you talked about her getting scolded a lot. From an outsider perspective, it would seem like you would have followed in your sister's footsteps and would have given a second thought to what your parents were telling you to do. But in fact, that wasn't the case. If anything, you felt even more pressure to take your parents' word-for-word advice because your older sister hadn't fit that mold. So there's a couple of points here to dig deeper on, but let's go in chronological order. You decide to go into biochem, and all of a sudden, you know it's not for you. Tell me about that moment when you just know it's not for you. and What was that like? Literally the first night that I spent in Ottawa alone, I just felt so much regret and so much anxiety knowing that I'm going to be doing this alone now. Um, That first night, I was so terrified of the next day and the next week to come because I just knew that I wouldn't be able to do it. You could say that it was just a lot of like self sabotaging thoughts I had but also just I just knew that that it wasn't gonna be for me and I just felt like I just I I I just knew it the first lecture I attended I was just like I'm never gonna be able to to fulfill the wishes that my parents had for for me at that point so how did that make you feel at that moment when you knew that you pursued a path that your parents had wanted you to fill in. You had gotten there. But then at that point, you were so torn internally that this wasn't meant for you. I think I was just feeling I was failing them or that I was going to be this huge disappointment that they're never going to talk about at big family gatherings. Because at that point, they were already you know, bragging about my achievement as, as a first year biochem student, it just felt like they had a lot of unhappiness that I chose to do biochem. It was probably the most um, difficult obstacle for me to overcome in terms of deciding what I wanted to do next and like to choose over doing what my parents wanted me to do. I'm sorry, my cat is really crazy right now. Um, I thought there was a human in the background. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he is jumping, flying around. Sorry about that. No worries. Happens all the time. I can relate. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I think my parents seemed really happy with where I was and that they imagined all these things that I would become and that to them, I was really happy going into this, but I, I guess I, I hit it really well. That's um, definitely something that I can relate to, I would think. Um, having to fit a mold, um, especially when you're still trying to figure out your own identity. It's just really easy, I think, to fall into an identity that someone else has defined for you because it's so confusing to define your own. So now that you've done your one-year biochem um, and then you look towards other exit opportunities and places that you can look towards, what made you stumble upon philosophy at UBC? I like writing and I like thinking a lot and I I was like okay philosophy philosophy sounds like something that is really interesting even at that point I didn't really know much about it I never really spent a lot of time in high school or before that reading any philosophy and so I was like I'm just gonna go into this entirely empty-minded but also like curious and excited to be somewhere else uh, that I chose to be I think I knew at that point but I, I was also like at that point I was like yeah, let's do it. I love learning more about society and 
and humanity in general. And I think philosophy takes a very fundamental view on all those things. And I would love to dig as deep as that. And, and yeah, I was like, let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's just abandon everything I knew and do something completely different. And how has that been, both in terms of uh, the impact on yourself, but also the impact to your parents and then your siblings? Well, for me, I learned a lot since I decided to switch to philosophy a few years ago. And there were hard lessons. There were a lot of just me learning that it's not always so straightforward. You can't always be creative in your writing or that you can't always just do whatever you want. You kind of have to learn the formula, which is something that I only thought that would be prevalent in uh, STEM programs. At first, I was a little disappointed and I considered switching again. But I was like, no, I think I'm going to stick with this. At least this is something that I want, that I feel like I want to master or get the hang of. Whereas like when it was biochem, I was like, fuck it. I, I don't, I hate this. I I'd rather live, leave this to the other people who are more passionate about it. And I'm just going to try to find something that's, that's, that's more me. And then, you know, I think when I found philosophy, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try to do this. And even though I don't know where the destination is, I think it makes me feel like I, I'm capable of something and I can, I can do what I want to do. Um, and I don't know if that makes sense, but I think for my parents, when I told them that I wanted to switch from biochem to philosophy, their reaction was a lot better than I thought it would be. And I, you know, I was crying because I was just so scared of what they would say, but they were really supportive of that. There's still a part of them that's like still very conservative in the way that they want. They still wanted me to know what I want to do eventually. This kind of reminds me of like this moment of your life that you're in right now. It reminds me of back when you were in high school deciding on which university to go to, where it was mm-hmm. essentially just a pressure cooker where you have to figure out where you want to go and define yourself for the next four or five years of your life, but you're not ready to do that just yet. So how mm-hmm. is this time a little bit different than when you were in high school where you still had to make a similar decision? It's the same, but it's also like different in a good way because I'm just more independent now and much more mature than I was back then. And with that said, I think right now, even though I'm kind of in the same place with like being indecisive and a little confused and uncertain of what the future holds, I am a lot more confident that I'm going to get to where I want to be at some point in the future. And I'm more of like optimistic about it. And I think being here around more like-minded people having genuine support system that's an interesting word choice that you use there the word genuine friendship um Mm -hmm. did you previously have ingenuine friendships that pushed you towards finding those genuine friendships i have always kept my bubble pretty small even in high school and to this day i only had three best friends in high school who i hung out with all the time oftentimes when we felt like we couldn't do something. My friends and I would never communicate that with, with each other. And we just kept a lot of that vulnerability to ourselves. I felt a lot of competitiveness among my friends to like be the first person to achieve their goals and like be the person to like fulfill or do as they said, um, be in biochem, as I said, like, you know, like I felt a lot of 
besides my parents, like I, I actually put a lot of pressure on myself because I wanted to be who I said that I was going to be. And so I think in that sense, back then, I had less of a, a genuine connection with my friends um, than now because I'm a lot more open with, with my vulnerability and just, just you know, um, just being able to communicate or feeling free to communicate with my friends when I'm going through is always really liberating. And it always reminds me that I've grown so much since, since uh, a few years back. Do you think that competitiveness um, that you felt amongst your friends back in the day, was that something that all three of you guys had displayed or was, do you think it was mostly in your head? I think there was a little bit of both. I just wanted to be good at a lot of things and I just wanted people to recognize me for that. Maybe that comes from a place of, of insecurity because I always felt like people never took me seriously because I wasn't like the obvious smart kid I was just kind of like invisible in that sense like I felt very unrecognized and just very that competitiveness came from a place of just not feeling enough where do you think that comes from that sense of not being validated um, by external factors I think it just comes from being in a small city with not a lot of opportunities feeling like you're not enough was a very common feeling in that city, at least for me and my friends. I will say though that prior to this conversation, I thought people who grew up in small cities would feel more validated and valued in society because everyone knew each other and there was less quote-unquote competition to uh, stand out. So it's quite an interesting perspective that you have there. Um, so that concludes the end of the interview section. And now on to my favorite part, the lightning round. It's five questions and feel free to say pass if you're not comfortable answering any of them. Okay. Um, the first question is, what adjective best describes the Vietnamese culture? Oh, God. Uh, loud. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, what is your favorite dish from the Vietnamese culture? Oh, my favorite dish? There's so many. Um... I mean, I think the obvious answer is pho, but lately I've been really uh, digging. I've been really, I've been eating a lot of banh mi, so that's my favorite right now. I love those too. Yeah. Um, what made you smile today? My cat playing with my tube of lip balm right now. <laughs> um, okay, what title would you give this chapter of your life? River. Just because I feel like my life is kind of like, in a flux right now it could change any moment and it's like I mean I, I feel sometimes I feel like it's kind of stagnant but also I know that things are moving and um and I'm growing as a person uh so I should feel more 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 happy about that and yeah I love it um and the last one what lesson took you the longest to learn <laughs> that I don't have to be afraid of anyone. I think for for a while, I was even afraid of like my friends disapp disapproving of my decisions for certain things. I think it's a very, it's kind of a sad thing to say, but you know, I think I grew up with a lot of, like I, I explained before, like I grew up with a lot of anxiety uh, for failure. And I just, I just, you know, I felt like I always, some at some point I kind of made myself into a pushover I just let a lot of people kind of walk over me I'm still learning to this day to just 
you know, stick up for myself and speak up for my values and and not fear that I'm going to be judged or like that someone is going to disapprove and then not allow me to do anything because they can't. <laughs> and I think that's like a great summation of the beginning to the end of your story that you kind of walked me through today. So that's a perfect point to end on there. Well, great, but like Kat was just making so many <laughs> noises. I'm so sorry. So that was our second guest on The Voice podcast, and I hope you feel as enlightened as I do. Three key takeaways here. One, have open, genuine conversations with yourself and your support system, especially those who have the most influence on you, like your parents and, in Ella's case, her three best friends. Number two, always explore things that you're curious about for the simple sake of curiosity. Number three, don't be afraid of anyone or anything except the fear of not trying. Thanks again for tuning into The Voice Podcast. Episodes drop Wednesday mornings and hope to see you soon. Bye.